Today on High Point with Ron Zappia. And sometimes we miss it. He, he just like, I thank you, Father. So what's Jesus doing? The 72 comes back. The first thing that he's going to do is he's going to pray. He's giving thanks for all that happened, and he's praying. Pray when you want to give thanks. High Point with Ron Zappia, pastor of High Point Church in the western suburbs of Chicago. And we are learning today from our series called The Prayers of Jesus. And Ron, prayer is just talking to God, right? I mean, it's really kind of that simple. And so, I don't know, why do we need to study it? Well, shouldn't we just kind of naturally start talking to God? Or what are we, what are we talking <laughs> about today? Well, Steve, that's such a good point because sometimes we make it more complicated than it actually is. And, you know, we can get caught up in a lot of different things that can throw us off, whether that's church tradition or we think we're supposed to pray in a certain posture or at a certain time using particular words or repetitions. God just wants to hear our hearts. He wants us to come to him honestly, vocalizing our concerns to him. So studying how Jesus prayed shows us how to be honest and authentic in our prayers. Well, the message is called When to Pray, and I know this is a message we all need to hear, so let's jump right in. Here's Ron. We're going to talk about when to pray. And so turn in your Bibles, if you got a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 10. And I'm going to pick up in the same spot we moved systematically last week through the scriptures. So we're going to look at some more instances when we are to pray. So look with me at Luke chapter 10, because what's happening is, and again, we're identifying instances to pray. Jesus is doing this. He's sending out 72 people. It says this in verse 1. After this, the Lord, it's referring to Jesus, appeared, or appointed, excuse me, 72 others and sent them out ahead of him. How did he send them out? Are you looking at the scriptures? How did he do it? Two by two. So it's like they went out to encourage each other to do what? To do ministry. Good idea for you. You're going out to do some ministry. Take somebody else. And he says this. He said they went into every town and every place where he himself was about to go. And But this is what he did. He said to them, Before they took off, he said this, the harvest is plentiful. And this is a very um, familiar verse for many. It says, but what? The laborers are, there are few. So there's not many people that are willing to do the work of ministry. Like God's preparing. He's like, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers, it's just, there's just not as many people as we need. And I find it interesting that the first thing he does is he tells them, he says, you got to do something. He says, I'm praying and you got to pray for more people to do the work of ministry. And that's what he says next. He says, and he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. But then this is what happens is I'm going to skip ahead. I won't read all of it, but maybe you can check out Luke chapter 10 this week. And so these guys look up here for a moment. These guys do this. They go out and they get some wins, man. And then the first thing that Jesus does, I don't know if he fist bumped or not. It says he did this. Look with me at verse 21. It says, in the same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. And he said this, so here it is. He said, I thank you, Father. So what's he doing? He's praying. Here it is. And sometimes we miss it. He's just like, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding. He says, but you've revealed them to the little children. He's not saying, he's not necessarily talking about the age of the people. He's talking about the humble at heart. You've revealed these things to them. 
So what's Jesus doing? The 72 comes back. The first thing that he's going to do is he's going to pray. He's giving thanks for all that happened, and he's praying. So flash it up on the screen if it's not there already. Pray when you want to give thanks. The next thing, go ahead and turn in your Bibles, please. And I want to say this. We're not only to pray when we want to give thanks, but we want to pray when you encounter opposition. And look with me at Luke 22, verse 19. And what's happening here is Jesus is in the midst of that night, the night he's about to be betrayed. Here's a time where Jesus is praying. It says, and he took bread, and when he had given thanks, there it is, he's praying, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, he took the cup after they had eaten, and he said this, this cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. And that's the new covenant that does what? That provides us standing before God, that our sins can be forgiven. And look at verse 31. It says, Simon, Simon, and we know him better as Peter. Jesus is praying for him, and he says, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. Isn't that interesting? But look at verse 32. What does it say? Jesus did what? He says, but I have prayed for you that what? What is he praying for Peter? That your faith isn't going to fail. So, so look up here for a moment. What's happening here is Jesus is praying specifically for Peter that in the time of difficulty that his faith is not going to fail, that he's going to do what? That he's going to be able to encounter the opposition, that he's going to be able to stand strong, that he's going to be able to stand up and face it. So Jesus is doing what? Jesus is interceding for Peter right here. He's praying specifically for him. He's praying that he would do what? That when he encounters opposition, that what's going to happen? That he's going to be able to endure. You say, well, Peter's faith did fail. It says, and the Lord, Lord turned to him and looked at Peter. And Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And verse 62 says, and he went out and he wept bitterly. So you're saying, well, he prayed, Jesus prayed for him, and he still failed. Well, hold on for a moment. Did he fail? He gave his life for Christ. Like he may have had, I'm telling you, man, he may have lost a battle here, but he did not lose the war of his life for doing what? For standing up in the face of opposition. You say, I've lost some battles. I don't want to lose the war. How do we not lose the war? Can I just say to us that the linchpin is that we would be praying for each other to respond in the same way? That our church would be praying collectively for each other that in the moments of difficulty that our faith would not fail. Pray when you encounter opposition. Prayer, let me say it like this. I'll quote a Christian author. Prayer is the nerve that moves the muscles of God. Let's look at verses 41. Jesus is in the garden, and he withdrew from them about a stone's throw. And he knelt down, and what did he do? He prayed. It's just like, we're like, yeah, that's all he does, man. It's all Jesus does, just kneeling down and praying. Well, yeah. Why? Because he said that he doesn't do anything on his own initiative, that he only does what the Father tells him. And so that's what we need to do is to create that discipline. But let's keep going. What does he say in verse 42? Here's the prayer. He says, Father, if you are willing to remove this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 
the writer here in Luke, he points out a couple significant things. He says, and there appeared to him, who is there? You tell me. What's the text say? An angel. So, so an angel comes. So Jesus, that's a unique detail that Luke gives. He, he's, like, he's like, an angel appears to him. And what did the angel do? You tell me. He gave him strength. So, so here we see, we not only need to pray when you encounter opposition, pray when you need help. So when you're in a time of great difficulty and stress, that you would pray for God to help you. Jesus is doing it. Why wouldn't we? Some of us are trying to bear the burdens on our own of what this life brings. And Jesus right here, he's, he's calling and he's praying for, for God to move. He's asking him candidly what's coming next. He's saying, if this cup could pass, would you take it? God answers the prayer by giving him an angel. Don't you think that's pretty cool? Now you say to yourself, well, Ron, are you guaranteeing that if I pray in the times of difficulty that I'm going to get an angel? I, I, I can't guarantee, but it could happen. And I think for us, many times the angel is what happens inside as our heart becomes overwhelmed, as God's spirit begins to move, and he begins to do what? He begins to put some things in us and some wisdom and understanding that he moves us through the difficult time, or he brings another brother or sister alongside of us that we're like, we didn't know, or we didn't think, or they call us at the right time, like God is in the business of delivering people to you in your point of need to provide strength. God promises to show up when we fall on our knees and call out to him. It's like pray, man. Pray, pray when you need help. Pray when you want to do this. Pray when you want to help others. Flip over to Luke chapter 24. Moving through the gospel. Keep turning right. One more page. Keep going. Jesus' resurrection. See, he appears, we're at the end of the chapter, at the end of the letter, and Jesus appears to his disciples. And what's going on is, get the context here, Jesus appears to many of them, and then he's like, they finally get it. And then he's just like this, once they finally understand who he really is, it's just like, I didn't get it, I didn't understand. It's like, you're going to rise in three days, and okay, and now I, I got it. And once... They finally understand the truth and reality of who he is. He's like this. I'm out of here. See you later. But what does he do before he leaves? In verse 50, it says this. Then he led them out as far as Bethany. So he led them. And lifting up his hands, here it is, he blessed them. So there it is. He's praying for them. He blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them. And he was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him, and they returned to Jerusalem with great joy, where they were continually in the temple, blessing Almighty God. You're listening to High Point with Ron Zappian. Today's message comes from our series called The Prayers of Jesus. You can request the entire study when you call 844-HP-RADIO, or just head online, go to highpointministries.com. High Point continues in just a moment with more from Pastor Ron. 
Marriage, like a knot, has to be kept tight. Left to itself, it loosens over time and can completely unravel. Throughout the month of February, for a donation of any amount, we want to send you a brand new resource from Pastor Ron Zappia and his wife Jody, their new book, The Marriage Knot. This highly practical book shares the seven choices that Ron and Jody made to restore and enrich their own marriage. These are the seven choices that every couple needs to make to keep their marriage together. Ron and Jody were on the brink of divorce. It was their first year of marriage and already things were falling apart. They desperately searched for anything that would help, and then suddenly everything changed. In their new book, The Marriage Knot, Pastor Ron and Jody present seven transformative principles that saved their marriage. Full of wisdom, humor, and refreshing transparency, The Marriage Knot unpacks the seven choices that keep couples together. Give us a call at 844-HP-RADIO to receive your copy of Ron and Jody Zappia's The Marriage Knot, or request this great resource online at highpointministries.com. This is High Point with Pastor Ron Zappia, and we're in a series called The Prayers of Jesus. And today's message is called When to Pray. If you missed any part of the broadcast, listen again when you head to highpointministries.com. And while you're there, make sure to look for additional resources, audio, and video teaching as well as the High Point podcast. But for now, let's continue with more from Pastor Ron. There was this individual that I met, his name is Jake, and this guy came up after um, one of the services not too long ago, and he is just new to our church, and I said, you know, hey, how did you start coming to church? He said, well, I was going through a real difficult time, and he began to share about his father, and so he told me about his dad who was terminally ill in the hospital, and isn't it interesting, there's something, because he said he saw the sign, and he kind of wandered into this church. Isn't it something, in the time of great difficulty, that people will do what? They'll look to God, won't they? And so he stood up here, and, and he said, will you pray for my dad? And so I, 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 I definitely, I, I want to help your dad. He wanted to help his dad. Well, the backdrop in this story, I didn't realize all this, and it's, it's just a crazy story. Not too long before I had talked with him, he Somebody in our church led him to Christ. And one of the people on our staff, they, they led this guy to Christ, and it was a pretty interesting situation. So he made the decision. You say, Ron, what do you mean by leading to Christ? Well, he made the decision to turn from his sin and embrace Jesus as his personal Savior. So he had been to church before and all this stuff, but he never knew that there was a decision that needs to be made. And the Scripture says, for as many as received him and believed in his name, to them he gives the right to become children of God. So this guy was becoming, he made the decision to embrace Christ. And so great story and everything else. And so I said to him, so I'm realizing what's going on. I'm saying, well, have, do you feel like you could share that with your dad? And he's just like, I, you know, I, I could see it in his eyes. And I said, well, how about if I send one of our pastors with you so that he can help your dad? And so he said, yeah, that was great. And then, I don't know, a few days went by and this is last week. One of our pastors went to the hospital and he went and he gathered with all the relatives who were there. And this Jake's dad, he was in a real hard place. And I, I mean, he couldn't really communicate it. It was one of those things where, you know, he could like hold a hand and, and just kind of clench his fist if you were holding his hand to know if he understood you or he could blink his eye. If you've ever been in that situation, it's a really difficult time. But with all the family members and friends, one of our staff members went through the gospel and shared it with his dad, and his dad responded by faith. We believe that to be true. Isn't that awesome? 
And it's just like this. It's just like, you know, it's just like there's this great celebration. It's like we took this guy in what? He went, he was in the hands, in the jaws, if I could say, of the enemy. And it's just like, boom, the guy's like embracing the work of Christ on the cross. Great celebration. I share that story. Why? Because I'm telling you, here we got a guy who wants to help someone and he needed the help first. And then we could come together as a body and everybody could fulfill their unique role. And ultimately, we give him the help that he needs in the comfort of our Savior. We need to be praying for what? Praying for help, that we can help others in those difficult times. Let me point your attention to a couple passages in John. Because I think what happens is sometimes we get a series or a message on prayer, and sometimes we think that it can be over. We think that things are done. We think that I've been praying over this situation, and I just haven't seen any change. That's what I want to talk about here, familiar story. Pray when you lose hope. Look at John chapter 11. And this is a familiar story. It's of Lazarus. You flipping over to John chapter 11? Let me kind of set it up. What's happening is Lazarus is really sick. And many of you know the story. And what happens is Mary and Martha send word to Jesus. And they're just like this. It's like, man, I mean, Jesus, you've helped a lot of people, man. But Lazarus, I mean, this is like you love this guy and you love us and we're close to you and like we're best buds and you got to get here right now because things are not looking good. So guess what Jesus does? Jesus gets moving right away and he just gets down there. Is that what you think would happen? Well, that's what you might think. But what happens is the text says that Jesus stayed two days longer in the place that he was. So get the picture. It's just like this. I mean, Martha's like, Jesus, I asked that you would come down. One thing I know, don't get a woman angry. You know what I'm saying? And Martha is ticked. Jesus did what? He stayed a couple extra days, and he's just like, hey, I got this handled, covered. Don't worry about this thing. And I'm telling you, you think it's over? I'm telling you, I don't think it's over. It's, it's okay. And, well, guess what? Lazarus dies. How many people say it's looking pretty grim, is <laughs> Well, not when Jesus comes into the picture. Look at verse 38 of John chapter 11. It said, then Jesus deeply moved again. He came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said this. He's just like this. Hey, take away the stone. And Martha, here it is, the sister of, and he just, John, I mean, he's so sympathetic. Look, look how he writes. The sister of the dead man. Little, little more, I mean, can you be a little bit more? I mean, can we be a little softer, a little a little encouraging here. The sister of the dead man, he said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor, for he has been dead four days. So it's like, don't, don't open that tomb, please, because it's going to stink. And Jesus said to her, did I tell you that if you believe that you would see the glory of God? That's an interesting statement right there, because what he's really saying is he's saying belief leads to us seeing God move in critical ways. And God's glory can be revealed as we do what? As we believe. He says in verse 41, he says, so they took away the stone and Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you. Here it is. You got Jesus's prayer. Sometimes we miss it. Maybe you've read through this story many times and, and now like come to it just looking at his prayer. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. I, I said that to the one who's been calling out to God and you feel like there's a ceiling. 
and you've been calling about the same situation and you don't think God is listening. And I'm telling you, the scripture tells me that he is hearing you and he is listening. Maybe he's not responding the way you desire, but do not question that he does not hear. God is listening. He hears our prayer. But I love this because Jesus is praying. Get the picture. He's praying in front of all these people. And then he does this thing where sometimes preachers do this. They got a message for the people that's in the prayer. And so it's like they, they he's kind of, he's giving a little message to the people. And you say, well, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Well, Jesus is doing it, so I guess it's okay. He says, I know that you always hear me. But I said this, I can imagine with his eyes closed, I said this on the count of the people standing around me that they may believe that you sent me. You see what he's doing? He's, he's giving it to them a little bit. The people that are within earshot. And he's calling eyes. He's just like, I, I hope that they would come to understand who I am. He's doing a little preaching. And when they had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the man who died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Here we have a phenomenal, unbelievable, amazing miracle where what? Where some people thought that it was over. They thought that the fat lady sang. Can I tell you this? That it's never over until Jesus says it's over. We lose hope. We think that it's impossible. We think that God's forgot us. We, we think that it, it, it's not going down the way. Why is this happening? We think God's not listening. And I say it again. It is not over until Jesus says it is. And by his sovereignty and in his rule and his goodness, like he does some amazing things. Sometimes we think it's over. It's not over till Jesus says it's over. Let's take a look at one more passage of Scripture. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles um, to John chapter 17. And this is one of those prayers that we already took a look at, so I won't go into much detail here. I just want to draw your attention to one verse. John 17, verse 17. And I want to say, pray when you want others to know truth. Jesus is praying for his disciples. He's praying for his followers. And it says in verse 17, he says, sanctify them. Sanctify means to set them apart. Well, sanctify, set them apart in what? In truth. And then he says this, he says, your word is true. And what we hold in our hands, the scriptures here, are sufficient for life and godliness. This is true. And he says this, Jesus' prayer for his disciples, if you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, and they also may be sanctified in truth. Love that passage of scripture because what it shows us is that we're to do this. We're to pray for people that they would be sanctified in truth. That this truth would set them free. There's a lot of things you can do for your friend. There's a lot of things you can do for that loved one in your family. But I'll tell you, the best thing that you can do is pray. And that's what Jesus models for us here.
encouraging us to get into the habit of praying to God. You're listening to a message called When to Pray here on High Point with Ron Zappia. You can catch this entire series called The Prayers of Jesus along with other helpful resources when you head online. Go to highpointministries.com. You know, Ron, we don't really make a big fuss about asking for financial support here at High Point. Uh, We're here to do ministry. We're here for the Word of God to go forward, for people's lives to be changed by the gospel. It's not about money. However, we know this. It takes money to produce and to deliver these messages each and every day. Yeah, you know, Steve, we're so glad to be able to provide daily Bible teaching free of charge. But to do that, we have to ask for support from our listeners. And we're hoping you're catching the vision to look beyond yourself in helping many other men and women, people who may be hearing the gospel for the very first time. So you can become a High Point Partner when you sign up to make a monthly automated donation. Becoming a High Point Partner is easy, and it really does this. It helps more people believe, belong, and become like the Lord Jesus Christ. So please give us a call or go online. Well, to become a High Point Partner by phone, give us a call, 844-HP-RADIO, or go online to highpointministries.com. And if you've been a part of our listening family for a while, you know that 100% of your gift goes to produce and deliver High Point on your local radio station and online. It's your generosity that provides these programs to men and women all across the country. And today, whether you make a one-time gift or sign up to become a monthly High Point Partner, we're going to send you a book by Pastor Ron and his wife, Jody. In fact, it's their marriage book called The Marriage Knot, and it shares the seven choices that keep couples together. You aren't going to want to miss getting your copy today, especially since Ron and Jody Zappia will be joining us later in the week to begin a brand new marriage series called Tightening the Knot. Ask for the book, The Marriage Knot, when you make a gift of any amount to High Point Ministries today. You can go online to highpointministries.com or call us at 844-477-2346. If you prefer to write, send your check to High Point Ministries, P.O. Box 281, Naperville, Illinois, 60566. I'm Steve Smith. Come back tomorrow when Pastor Ron helps us clear away the roadblocks to prayer. We're learning from the prayers of Jesus Tuesday on High Point with Ron Zappia. 